1: Six the time it's wake up Miami. my my name is glenn woods thanks for joining me it's a tuesday and might be the last nice day that you have so you better get out there trigger warning
2: warning this show contains reference to guns liberty limited government low taxation the cult of climate change free thinking cigar smoking short people rubber chickens karen's bureaucracy liberal buzzwords tour runs traffic toilets terrible jokes and more No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate.
3: This is does
1: not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Got a lot of stories today on local taxes, petitions against taxes, higher taxes to take care of some city problems. Oh, there's a whole list of them here in the state of Wyoming, which has been a low-tax state for a very long time compared to other states, definitely. And love the idea that we don't have a state income tax. But even City of Mills talking a utility tax increase. I'll get into that as the morning goes on, especially when people in Mills start to wake up. Most of them early risers anyway. Get a load of this. According to the Wyoming Secretary of State's office, petitions for an initiative to lower property taxes in Wyoming should be on their way to you. They're already there. But we'll see. Petitioning is something we're allowed to do, but does it's like public comment period, may or may not have an impact on what the politicians can or will do, but all right, story says, upon receiving the petitions for the measure, supporters can start collecting signatures from registered voters across the state, so there are people who have received the petitions, and they can, uh, maybe, they, I don't know if they get them in the mail, or they can print them out, however that works. But then they go around trying to get people to sign the petition. One, let's go to Gillette, resident Holly Galloway. The petition chair for Campbell County said the group needs to collect in their area 1,910 signatures, which must be from registered voters who voted in the prior election, according to County 17. So you've got to be someone who's active politically. Just because you're a Wyoming citizen doesn't mean a thing. Just because you are in Wyoming doesn't mean a thing. You actually have to be someone who has voted and is still a registered voter and a resident of Wyoming. Galloway says she handed out the petition for the first time October 21st. Campbell County residents have uh, an opportunity to sign it, including a 4 p.m. meeting Let's see say, October 26th, Campbell County Public Library. And the story names all the places up there. They can do that. Wherever you're listening from, You'll have that opportunity as well. you just got to find out who's walking around with petitions and see if you can go ahead and sign them. Quote, the people's initiative to limit property tax in Wyoming through a homeowner's exemption proposed cutting state property taxes in half. Now, some people are cutting them in half. The people... The people's right to propose and enact laws by initiative to address the fundamental issues such as property tax limits is pivotal to our state, says Wyoming Secretary of State Chuck Wright. And he says, as Secretary of State in that office, we take our role in the initiative process very seriously and will work diligently, says he says, to ensure the people's initiative to limit property taxes through the homeowners exemption process. Now, here's a warning by a guy named, uh, guy named Gerald Walzak, who is the vice president of the Washington, D.C.-based tax foundation. He said, slashing local property taxes by 50% with no revenue alternatives and no plan for offsetting spending cuts is reckless. Well, hold on a second now. That that would depend on a lot of things. It's just reckless to come by 50%. That would depend. If you live in one of those areas in Wyoming, where suddenly your taxes just leaped, your property taxes just went through the roof, cutting them back by half would mean you're getting closer to what you were paying before. So he's making kind of a blanket statement here. Oh, I know there's some places where you haven't seen your property taxes go up much, if at all. And so just to cut them by half might be something that would not be good for your community. But what about those places where the taxes just shot through the roof? And I'm I'm mentioning Jackson, but that's not the only place. He goes on to say Wyoming property taxes paid percentage of owners occupied house value. And you know how that works for those taxpayers out there. Quote, homeowners are understandably upset by soaring property values that have led to spikes in property tax liability. And there may be room for some reduction in rates in response. But exempting half of the home value of the property is not the way to do it, he said. The adoption of such uh, policy would imperil Wyoming's status as a no-income tax state because it would create local revenue crunches. Well, again, this would depend. To do it just across the state, everybody gets a reduction in property taxes in Wyoming by half. Everybody, the whole state. Uh, no, probably wouldn't be a good idea. Again, many places have not seen an increase in their property taxes at all. And what they're paying is probably reasonable for the area. And for those who are saying we shouldn't be paying property taxes, yeah, I'm with you on that, but I'm working within the system that we have. I would mainly focus on those places who saw a sudden spike in property taxes. That's what needs to be dealt with. Not something carpet like that. So, okay. Overall, the story says Wyoming tax burden is light. Property taxes have become a problem. Uh, Texans are heavily uh, concentrated on uh, business. Well, okay, burdensome taxes, I'm sorry, are heavily concentrated on business, especially burdensome to small businesses. And many of you small business owners out there know that as well. Many of you small business owners out there know that you think it's bad to pay property taxes on your house, pay those taxes on your business. Well, Okay, I'm still one of those for the smallest possible government whenever possible. And But you can't take this on a blanket across the entire state. This is what we're going to do. So I like the idea of the petition, but there might be wh- – whatever we do, whether we do it this way or we have a legislative session coming up not too long from now. I really hope that our legislators have shown up with some ideas to handle this property tax problem. They've got to do something. Quote, property tax... This is from the website, Center Square. Property taxes on land and structures create fewer economic distortions than almost any other tax. So carving up property tax uh, base puts pressure on more economically uh, harmful sources of revenue, according to this uh, guy from Washington, D.C., who just wants to see a different way of doing this. So, uh, okay, we'll see what happens. Again, we have coming up a legislative session not too long from now, and I've been chatting over the past year with various members of the House and Senate and just asking them what they're working on, in which case I got all sorts of various answers that, oh yeah, we're working on, but what exactly? A lot of this will just have to come out of committee in the first place, just to have something that will be workable for not just the state of Wyoming, but for your particular District, county, city, whatever it might be. Here's Mark in a godforsaken hill just outside of Casper. Me and the rest of uh, poor, elderly, disabled contribute our share. My share is $660 a year on 1100 income. So I am waiting for the rest of the welfare, queen, rich, and middle class to pay their fair share. Uh, let me see. Oh, uh, Jim and Casper agree. Mine almost tripled for my business. Jim is a business owner. In Casper, Wyoming. So, yeah, uh, you think your property taxes are bad for your house, take a look at what it is if you own a business. Red and Casper, I have a plan on how we can cut them uh, responsibly. It involves reducing the headcount of politicians. Oh, yeah, probably not a bad idea. 615, Wake Up, Wyoming.
0: When you need to get in the loop quicker than a soggy morning porch paper, you need Wake Up, Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. 6.2
1: 6.2 is the time it's wake up Wyoming. so Jim and Casper who is a business owner. Cunningham Electric. There you go Jim to Ching. He says that I'm right. he has a uh, shop in Casper Wyoming. He says the lot next to my business has a house on it. exact same size lot. It's about half of my property taxes for the lot. Well, what we have to do, Jim, is find a way to get your business listed as just a house rather than a business. That way you can drop your property taxes by a little bit more than half. How about that? All right. Here's another one for you in Cowboy State Daily. As Rocky Mountain Power Electricity customers in Wyoming are pushing back against the proposed rate increase of nearly 30%. Those in small Natrona County communities, like Mills, for example, may soon see a hike in their city utility rates. The Mills City Council is considering a proposal that updates its finances and general utility easement agreements with Rocky Mountain Power. It's a scenario faced by, the story says, many Wyoming cities and towns where utility customers are also charged rates and fees by municipalities on top of what they pay for the electricity. So, in passed as proposed on its third and final reading Tuesday, the town of Mills' new ordinance will increase the franchise fee charge on customers' electricity bill from 2% to 70%, which is... Uh, 250% increase, the agreement will last for 10 years. Utility companies pay local governments for the right to provide electric services to city residents. The franchise fee is a percentage of Rocky Mountain Power's gross revenues from retail sales and use of electricity within the city of Mills limits, which is collected by the businesses on behalf of the city. So last spring, Rocky Mountain Power which is owned by Pacific Corp requested two electricity rate increases not one but two a smaller increase requested in April is to cover unexpected fuel costs arising from high demand during the winter coal snaps and large hikes in net power uh, coal adjustment power you know because of an increase in purchase power for the cost of fuel so the Wyoming Public Service Commission, for an average of, uh, has a rate for an average of twenty-one point one percent base rate increase, along with a temporary seven point six percent cost adjustment. The current franchise agreement between Rocky Mountain Power and Mills is to sent is set to expire in December. The council already delayed the decision on the franchise fee increase in May. So the city's five percent hike would have occurred either way. It's just horrible timing, according to the mill's mayor. We hate it at the same time, he says. Uh, Her typical utility bill, one uh, person said typical utility bill, would be about $65 per month and a 5% increase would be about $39 more per year. Uh, She said the franchise increase will bring mills in line with the 7% franchise fee rate already in place for residents of the city of Cowsborough. So because of inflation and other factors, Mills has been taking a larger financial burden than in the past and their needs for franchise fees. In other words, this is not necessarily a new fee. It's redoing an old one, but it is still up a little bit. The Rocky Mountain power increase would cost Mills about $4,000 per month in additional utility expenses. That's an extra 5% charge to residents which would help recoup some of those losses. We have to cover that, said the mayor. No one likes it when we raise fees and taxes, but things like this have to be funded somehow. Though its agreement with the city, Rocky Mountain Power, through that agreement, is authorized to own and install power poles and related electrical facilities on public right-of-ways. And according to the proposed ordinance, the term starts once Rocky Mountain Power accepts the agreement which must be executed within 60 days after the city of Mills passes the ordinance on final reading, which we're about to do. And the ordinance passed unanimously after its first two readings. She expected to just go ahead and pass on Tuesday, but still here are residents in the state of Wyoming more than anything else worried about the two. Remember it's not just a proposed increase from Rocky mountain power. There's two, there's one they want to do. That's at near 30% increase And then there's one that would come next year that they propose that would be handled next year. They want some other kind of rate increase after that. Now, this goes also back to where the power company has said, well, we're not doing this because of wind and solar power. And so I think in part it is because of that. And I've cited the evidence for that. But in general, boy, everything's going up, huh? Nice thing is at least the price of gas has dropped some. I mean, a a nice drop here is good, but everything else just continues to climb. So while we we have had a bit of, of easing in how fast inflation is growing, it's still growing. It's still getting out of reach for many people. So, all right, something has to change here. We can't keep doing this. And the Fed's adjusting interest rates is not the solution to the problem. I can tell you what the solutions are. I have been for a long time. But Fed's adjusting interest rates don't solve any of these inflationary problems. Morning, IOT John. Morning, Glenn. Did you know that municipalities do not have to go to the PSE to have rates changed? 6.29 uh, is the time coming up on local news update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it again. Let's wake up Wyoming.
0: Again. Got something to say? Call 888-97-WOODS or chat with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio.
1: 6.36 at the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right. So... Okay, here we go again. They're messing with I know there's people eating breakfast right now, but they're messing with our food again. Jimmy, take me away. This I'm going to have to have this for lunch, I swear.
0: And bread with an onion slice. Try, and, and if you're
1: thinking I must have a lot of Jimmy Buffett songs memorized, you'd be right. Okay, there's a reason that I'm playing this song so early in the morning, and most of you are not even in the mood for a cheeseburger right now, which is wrong, you should always be. Tyson Food has partnered with the Netherlands and a protein-based uh, Proxic BV, I guess the name of the company, to push bugs and insect as a protein replacement for meat. Despite, this story says, crumbling economic conditions taking a toll on the bottom line of Tyson Foods, so the company's already in trouble as it is. They've reportedly purchased a steak In the Netherlands company, joint venture in building and operating a new facility they would like to bring to the United States as well, producing bug-based meal and oil for a meat-free protein diet. See, now, some of you thought I was kidding. When I played stuff like this. All this
4: cake needs is flour, eggs and 20 grams of dead insects. No, you haven't misheard. A team of scientists at Belgium's University of Ghent are trying to find a way to substitute dairy in cakes, cookies and waffles. They say deriving grease from insects is more green than dairy production. And
2: they are more sustainable because they use less land. They are more efficient converting feed to wave.
4: By soaking the insects in a little bit of water and then mushing them with a kitchen blender before centrifuges separate a butter-like substance, a grease is made which the team used to bake with. But how does it go down outside of the lab?
1: Okay, I just it right there because some of you were eating breakfast. The answer is uh, not well with people. You put a little bit of that on there, people don't mind. You put too much on there. well. Okay, so... The partnership marks Tyson's food foray, the story says, into insect based protein industries, which is being heavily pushed by the cult of climate change. It's a multi billion dollar industry opportunity, they say. Well, okay. Tyson Foods is already in trouble. They're going to wind up in even more trouble because of this. And this has a lot to do. Well, look. Um, Let's go back to the fake meats burgers that they put out a while ago, which were made with all sorts of, you know, plant-based and other things that they it, – and it turned out to be not as good. Didn't taste as good, but also people just weren't interested in – also not as good for you as just meat, just straight meat. The companies that poured loads of investor money into these hamburgers and other meat products, fake meat products – are not doing well. They got an initial big push because people bought stock in it, thinking this is the next great thing I'm going to buy. And so on the stock market, they were worth a lot. But the companies have not been doing well. A great example of that, I don't care if you live in Wyoming or not, go to the grocery store and look for the fake meat section. It's there tough to find, but it's there.
2: Welcome to Wiggle Burgers. Would you like to see a menu? Sure,
1: but I probably just want a red burger and some fries. I'm in a hurry and I'm, I'm really hungry.
2: You might like the grasshopper bacon bit or the mealworm arancini. Maybe try some worm salt soup.
1: Oh, wait. What the heck is the miscal worm salad?
2: Oh, those little guys are great. We crushed some fresh this morning.
1: You... Crush.
2: Have to do it while there's still larva or there's that horrible crunching sound. Besides, most people don't like exoskeleton in their mouth. Just what the hell are you saving here? Sir, Wiggleburgers is a bug restaurant. We serve only organic, sustainable bug and bug larvae. Gotta keep that carbon footprint down. Save the planet, you know? Uh,
1: please tell me they brought candy camera back.
2: I don't understand.
1: Yeah, you, you're probably too young for that television show. It was odd back when a person had to get up and go change the channel.
2: So you remember when the world was in black and white? Well, most things were black and white back then.
1: I have no idea what the hell is going on now. Look, I'm in a rush. Just give me a bowl of cereal. That should be safe enough. You
2: puffs okay? Do you want nut milk or freshly squeezed cicada larva?
1: don't just have cow's milk. That's you? disgusting. You know, if you keep grossing people out like this, you'll kill every Buddy's appetite and starve the human race.
2: Guaranteed population control? That sounds
1: perfect. To be honest with me, do you really eat this stuff?
2: Oh, come on now. If you advocate for this stuff, you don't actually have to do it. No,
1: but the rest of us better, or else
2: Damn straight.
1: Shooting Casper, it's a great job opportunity. Wanted men and women to have a working knowledge of using tweezers to remove wings off of bugs. Joey and Pine Bluffs. Wants to save the bugs. Yeah, see? Got a whole, start a whole campaign to save the bugs. Why not? Then we can go back to eating cows again. Jim and Casper, are we getting fog out there? Well, he says the temperature and dew point are converging. So, let's wake up, Wyoming.
0: Now, Glen Woods fits in your pocket with the Wake Up, Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030, K2 Radio.
1: 6.49 is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming, off to the icebox with go. No Frank Gambino waiting by. Frank, I just want you to imagine for a moment, and I don't mean to scare you next time you go on vacation, but you go on vacation, you come home and find your house demolished by accident. Oh. Yeah.
5: I would be unglued. Uh Yeah.
1: Woman in and Atlanta. And who am I going to sue now? Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay, woman in Atlanta, Georgia, on vacation. She got a call from a neighbor asking if she was having her home demolished while she was away. Now, I would right away think, okay, you're joking, right? Yeah. Uh, So then there's a video here from the neighbors about this coming down. Uh, Quote, and I'm reading from the story. The dude tried to tell the neighbor to, well, the guy who was tearing down the house, don't get in my way. Oh. Because here's the neighbors going over, stop it, stop it, right? Mm -hmm. It's been boarded up for about fifteen years and uh we need to take it down. Well, no, the lady's just on vacation and the house wasn't boarded up. So what wrong address they could not look at the house and say this is not this (sighs) house is not boarded up? I don't know. What kind of moron is this guy? Exactly. Yeah. Can you arrest someone for stupidity? Yes, you can. I think that we should be able to anyway. So now I'm with you. Now that she comes back from vacation and the house is totally gone. Who pays for this? What is it? I want to find out. Was it a city project? Probably was, because you know cities will tear down blighted homes.
5: Well, yeah. I would yeah. say, homeowner's insurance company. Uh-huh. Why don't you take
1: it up with them? Now is that listed and then buy, and then build me a new house on your homeowner's insurance policy? Is it accidentally being torn down by the city? Something that's listed there. Boy, you should get that done. <laughs> that's, in the, that's in the fine, fine, fine print. College football
5: coming up on Saturday. The Wyoming Cowboys return to action. They will be at Boise State. Pokes are five and two overall, two and one in Mountain West Conference play. They had last week off. Boise State is three and four overall. What's happened to those guys? They're two and one in league play, and they had last week off. Cowboys are hoping to welcome running back Harrison Whaley back into the lineup. He missed the first two games of the season, then also missed most of the Fresno State game with a ankle injury, and then was injured in the Fresno State game, and then missed the Air Force. Game when he has been in there, Whaley's been productive. Has been averaging 135 yards rushing in in four games, and has and, and then Cowboys as as a whole hasn't turned the ball over in the last three games. That's a really good sign. It's a big game for both teams. That'll be a three thirty star start from Boise. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Casper and KOWB and Laramie. In the NFL, Denver Bronco defensive back Kareem Jackson suspended for four games with an illegal hit on Green Bay tight end Luke Musgrave back on Sunday in their 1917 win over the Packers. Jackson's completely out of control. He's This is his second ejection this season. He's already been fined four times for illegal hits. So the sus- Suspension of four games is going to cost him five hundred and fifty eight thousand eight hundred and eighty nine dollars. His four fines cost him eighty nine thousand six hundred and seventy dollars. The Broncos are two and five on the year, and they'll take on Kansas City on Sunday afternoon. In four A high school football, the first round of the playoffs will be this Friday. All these games will start at six p.m. Number the Sheridan is the number one seed. They will host eighth seed Kelly Walsh. Cheyenne East is the second seed. Will host number seven Rock Springs. The Toronto will be the number three seed, and they will be at home to meet Cheyenne Central, who comes in as the number six seed. And number four seed will be Campbell County, and they will host Crosstown rival Thunder Basin, who is the fifth seed. In 1A nine man football, Pine Bluffs, the defending champions. They are the three seed, and they will be on the road at Big Piney on Friday at 1 p.m. in their first round of the playoffs. And Friday at 2 p.m. in six man, KC will be at home, and they are the two seed from the east, and they will take on Dude from the north. And will take on Dubois. that will be a 2 p.m. kick on Friday. Also in high school volleyball, the regionals will start Friday and Saturday. The 4A will be in Green River, the 4A, 4A West in Green River, the 4A East in Sheridan, the 3A West in Lander, the 3A East in Warcroft. the 2A West will be in Riverton, the 2A East in Wright. Riverton will also host the 1A West and Hewlett will have the 2A East. The state volleyball tournament will be in November 2, 3, and 4 at the Ford Center in Casper.
1: I was trying to keep track of all this money this guy was being find I mean
5: yeah, well yeah you know when you're suspended it means yeah. you're suspended without pay uh-huh. so he's gonna lose about 550 grand evidently
1: Wow okay hey um, who gets the 550 grand the, the league the league does okay because I can think of a couple of guys who could really use that money um how about, the, how about the person that got their house torn down? Uh, yeah, that would be good, too. Yeah. Me and you I mean, could, could, could use it, too. The league? We? Yeah, see, the league doesn't need that money. The, well, the, the league that, has you know, plenty of money.
5: It, it, they just put it in a kitty.
1: Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What, what happens? Is that the Christmas party money? You know, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Probably. Yeah. All right, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business we have to take care of. And then to news time after that. National, local update on the weather forecast. Oh, great. Now my sister is worried about the cabin being torn down while she's gone. So wake up, Wyoming. Six of time, it's wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It's a Tuesday getting foggy out there for some of you in Wyoming. And of course that weather forecast changes drastically. It actually starts looking more like we're getting toward November in just a day or so from now. So we'll get Don Day on the phone at seven forty five. All right, so the president has been, of course, trying to work in some way with the labor unions. And, you know, we have labor union problems in the automotive industry, other places as well. And, of course, what you would expect from the Biden administration is probably not the deal that you would make. Yeah, I'm trying to be kind about this. So let's go to Americans for Prosperity on the phone with me. I'm sorry to do this. You're going to have to pronounce your name for me. Okay.
6: It's Akash Chogley. Okay, you I
1: think Akash. I got. I was correct on that one. The last one, I really do think that you threw darts at a dartboard and picked a bunch of letters just to throw me. However, you could try it. I have heard worse. <laughs> I probably have, but Akash, I can easily do that. One I got right. All right, so let's take a look at uh, what the problem is with the automakers' unions, and and of course, there's others as well. There's it's not just them, but what is is there a main complaint here with these unions what is the problem that all of a sudden so many of them are going on strike or threatening to
6: yeah i think there's two issues here and, and folks might be wondering go
1: ahead no i'm sorry i'm not listening to you
6: so, so folks might be wondering why does this matter to us in wyoming we don't really know our right to work state we don't have very many unions the problem is twofold one in some of these major industries like auto manufacturing, there are inputs all over the country. Manufacturers, parts producers, sellers were impacted up and downstream. Now, one of the reasons that UAW is doing this to those big three automakers based over in Michigan is frankly because the UAW is trying to stay relevant, right? The UAW just went through a massive scandal. They had 16 senior executives, including two former presidents, or convicted, indicted for crimes like embezzling union dues, funds, and things like that. So they're trying to remain relevant and show value to their members, which, of course, has impacts up and downstream of the economy. The second problem that's relevant for folks in a state like Wyoming or all over the country is that they are getting all the help they possibly can from the Biden administration. This, this administration, through the National Labor Relations Board, the Department of Labor, really every other federal agency that touches any part of the economy, is doing everything they can to inject labor unions into our economy and to rejigger the economy in favor of unions through regulation. And so when those regulations go through, they're going to have an impact in every state across the country, not just blue union-heavy states, but also states like Wyoming and Texas and Iowa, where unions are not as prevalent. I and again, it's the administration doing what these unions are trying to do, which is to maintain their relevance in the
1: 21st century. I wonder if this is a last desperate gasp at the past because for quite a while, labor unions and the Democrat Party worked side by side to make sure more Democrats got elected so labor unions could get what they wanted to get out of bargaining. So the people that were in government and the people that were in the labor unions were often the same people. But labor unions have become less and less powerful with fewer and fewer people just wanting to join them in general. I wonder if this is part of the strategy to reinvigorate that old style.
6: It, it absolutely is, and you're seeing that in two ways. One is, is sort of these traditional industries like audio, auto manufacturing. you're seeing more strikes and things like that. But what you're also seeing is unions trying to inject themselves in places where they simply have no business. And there's two really key places where people in, in kind of a normal economy see this. One is the gig economy, right? Uber drivers and Lyft drivers and things like that. These people are independent contractors or independent for a reason, right, which is that they want nothing to do with something like collective bargaining and organized labor. The other, even look at, like, on college campuses, right, uh, you know, university graduate students, college athletes, things like that. These things have absolutely nothing in common with what people think of when they think of unions, represent workers, and factories, and, and things like that. Um, and it's exactly that. It's the last gasp effort to remain relevant. The Democrats, of course, have a vested interest in that being the case because they they benefit enormously from the largesse of those mandatory union dues, how much they fund Democratic candidates and causes. Here's the major problem, and I think this is the rub, maybe the most important point for your listeners to get. Even if you like the idea of unions representing workers and collective bargaining and people banding together, the unions are doing a bad job representing the wishes of individual workers and allowing workers to have rights within the unionization process, right, the right to a secret ballot election, the right to opt out of union political spending if you want, the right to, you know, be able to decide for yourself if you, you know, do you, does your information get shared with the union organizer, or things like that. So all of that is what we're hoping an AFP Republicans can push back on through legislation like the Employee Rights Act, which is a really important federal bill that doesn't take away the right to be in a union. It just protects the right of workers to have their rights within that union organized process. That's
1: called the Employee Rights Act in Congress. Right? Okay, here's the thing. On the one hand, Republicans have often protected the rights of the individuals, like you just said. Not to say you can't join a union if you don't want to, but if you don't want to, you shouldn't be forced to and you shouldn't have to pay for it if you choose not to become a member. But aren't there some Republicans that are sort of helping Biden and yeah. unions? Yeah. And this,
6: is, this is a really, really unfortunate turn of events. As, as we've entered this kind of populist moment where, where Donald Trump obviously did very well with union workers, he did it without embracing union bosses. Unfortunately, what you're seeing is some of these sort of Trump wannabe Republicans, Josh Hawley in Missouri is a good example of this, J.D. Vance in Ohio is another example. They're not splitting that group like Trump did, where you have workers on one side, union bosses on the other. You have Josh Hawley who just came out against right-to-work laws. Right-to-work laws, your listeners know this, have been a long-standing Republican priority. Josh Hawley came out against right-to-work laws because he wants to be, uh, you know, in good favor with not just workers but also union bosses because that's where he thinks this populist moment is going. I think a really, really crucial takeaway for your listeners and anyone who wants to keep the Republican Party moving in this direction of being the pro-worker party, the way you do that in labor policy is you are for the rights of workers. You are not for forced labor unions. You're not for mandatory union dues. You stand up for policies like right-to-work. You stand up for secret ballot elections. You stand up for the right of independent contractors to remain independent. Josh Hawley and some of these populist Republicans are not doing that. They're making an enormous political and economic mistake in the process.
1: I'm taking a look here as you're talking about that as a map of right-to-work states. And there are quite a few of them. Some places that are not right-to-work states, don't surprise me. You know, like all the way up and down the west coast, or the left coast, as I like to say, Washington, Oregon, and California. And of course, you go up the New England states, and they're not right-to-work states as all, neither is Wisconsin or Illinois. The south certainly is. The midwest, and in, in the west, Wyoming, yes, but not Montana or Colorado or New Mexico. So, How's the struggle between right-to-work and not right-to-work states going as far as that individual state level? Are we winning that
7: one?
6: Yeah, so so we were. And so Wisconsin is a right-to-work state. From 2011 through 2018, we saw wins in places we would never imagine, right? Wisconsin, Michigan, Indiana, West Virginia, Kentucky. That has slowed down a little bit. But what we haven't stopped seeing is right-to-work states winning because people vote with their feet the population growth of right-to-work states people leaving non-right-to-work states moving to -to right-to-work states the job growth the income growth in right-to-work states the data the data really speaks for itself and whether people know it or not as far as why they're moving to these states you know the the economies are obviously better in these right-to-work states so it really is a shame that we're seeing republicans move in the direction of joe biden republicans who call themselves conservatives frankly moving in the direction. Of Biden to become pro-union Republicans is something I think activists and conservative voters all across the country need to put their foot down and say, "You do not need to do this to be a cons- uh, to be a pro-worker
1: conservative." No. Aren't there a lot of businesses also moving to right-to-work states?
6: Oh yeah, absolutely. It's the number yeah. one issue that you hear people talk about for site selection, for business expansion, and new business formation. Um, and it really is—you know—it's a—it's an economic issue with the First Amendment free speech issue when it comes to. Forced union dues, funding union politics, uh, and it really is, I think, a common sense place where you can be pro-worker by standing up for their rights in the union organizing process without being pro-union boss and all the baggage and, yeah. you know, political nonsense that that comes with.
1: So when it becomes a right to work, then don't we wind up with a battle between, let's say, we're in, I'm in a right to work state, but then we end up at odds with federal government laws and rules and regulations?
6: No, so, and that's a good question. This, this, Generally speaking, private sector labor law is determined by the federal government. That's why bills like the Employee Rights Act are so important to become federal law. Right to work is the only decision in private sector labor law that was left up to the states. When Congress passed the National Labor Relations Act and then followed it up with what was called the Task Partly Act uh, in 1947, they gave this one authority to the state. States can decide for themselves if they want to pass right to work laws. It's great that states like Wyoming and many others have done so. Of course, California and New York will never do that. Um, but that's all the more important, right? So, for example, one of the provisions in the Employee Rights Act, even in blue non-right-to-work states, it gives workers the choice to opt out of funding union politics. So in California, even if it's non-right-to-work and they're forced to pay union dues as a condition of employment, you can opt out of the portion of those dues that fund politics. Right now, you can't do that. The Employee Rights Act becomes law. In California, you'll still be forced to pay the union for the collective bargaining representation, but you would no longer be forced to pay for union politics. Right?
3: Okay.
1: Where do people follow Americans for Prosperity at?
6: Absolutely. We are online at americansforprosperity.org. We just launched a chapter in Wyoming this year. It's our newest state chapter. We're super excited about organizing the conservative grassroots there to become more effective advocates for our ideas. And we are again online at org. We're on Facebook, Twitter as well. And, and hope people will join up uh, at the chapter nearest them.
1: All right. Akash, thanks for coming on this morning.
0: I uh, appreciate you having me. 717, Wake Up Wyoming. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Make your voice heard at eight 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 ninety seven 97 Woods. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. is the time
1: It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Clint Wood. Thanks for joining me. Now, I love going back and taking a look at predictions that were made and just seeing, did they happen? Because oftentimes, experts are not. Doesn't matter what the topic is. On news, they love to bring out all sorts of experts. And oftentimes, they're wrong. Here's an example. Let's see. Uh, We'll go back a few years here. Uh, There's several stories I'm looking at about the world running out of food. Here's a prediction from, it was supposed to be the world is going to run out of food 1798. Here's another prediction that the world was going to run out of food by the early 1970s. Here's another one that the world could run out of food by the year 2000. Okay. And I've given you these kinds of predictions before, right? And there's more. Here, from Global Citizen, there's several websites that have repeated this story. World could run out of food by 2023. They keep keep kicking the can down the road. I assume it's a soup can. Human population continues to climb. And there will be a time when the world runs out of food. United Nations agricultural organizations are asking this question and... Here's another group that says we'll run out of food by 2050. So when is it? All right, get a load of this article here. Eight centuries of increasing food abundance. (laughs) The website is called Human Progress. I love this website, Human Progress. If you want to look it up, just humanprogress.org. And they talk about in their, or on their website, all the wonderful things that human beings have done. It's not negative news. Story here says human progress is often incremental, but uh, many positive trends have become clearly visible over time. One of those trends is the growing abundance of food. The series of articles, and they're just starting a whole series of articles, looks at the affordability of food, their relative uh, to wages from the 13th century to the present. Start with the 13th century. It was very difficult for humans to get food. Life in the 13th century was really hard. Here now in, in America especially, but in, in Western countries, our problem is not starvation, it's obesity. And even in Asian countries as they get more modern, the problem is not a lack of food, but it's too affordable and too easy to get. And so obesity is, has actually been a problem. Now, there's still places like, if you, well, let's go back to the old Soviet Union, starvation. Cuba, starvation. Venezuela was doing great until they went socialist, starvation. I lo, hey, China, starvation. Boy, the number of people that have died in China. North Korea. I love to point out that there's only one fat man in North Korea. Everybody else is starving. So where is the abundance of food? Capitalist countries where the free market reigns. Now, the story that I have here says for this series, the average normal hourly wage since 1260, the year 1260, came from the Bank of England, the UK office. So they started with what people were making back then and then looked at what people are buying and then just continued on as the world became more free market, more capitalist. Take a look at what we earn today despite inflation problems that we're having right now, we're earning more than ever before. Yes, I know you might look at it and think, well, my dollar doesn't go as far. That's true. That is a current problem. But overall, you do not want to go back. I mean, think of the times of the Great Depression. But before that, before we became an industrialized world, the fact of the matter is even up to today, we have more food in abundance than ever before, despite the fact that news media keeps cranking out stories that, oh, we're running out of food. We'll be out soon. Why? Any time now. Remember that book by Paul Ehrlich, The Population Bomb? He predicted also, well, that's it. We're going to run out of food. Billions of people are going to starve. And he predicted it by a certain date. That date came and went. Didn't happen. But, but now the UN is still predicting, well, by 2050, are we going to have enough food? <sighs> better start eating bugs, you know, because we're not going to have enough food. Because And yet, according to the first part of a series of stories by Human Progress, we continue. We find new ways to make food using less and less land and resources. So our problem is not lack of food our problem is actually it's extremely easy to get it's affordable our problem in a good part of the world has actually instead been obesity yet oh and by, by the way by the way your news organizations you i don't know if they ever hear themselves on the one hand they'll send out a story saying we're going to run out of food soon at the same time they'll run a story saying we're too fat do they not see the contradiction in that? Okay, well hold on. That's not the only contradiction I have. I've got another one. Uh, that has to do with, again, predictions made, but also a climate scientist who has stepped away and said, I can't do this anymore because they're not being honest with you. You gotta hear that. Also, CO2 pipelines that are supposed to be built across the West and North and Midwest. Some of these companies are stepping away from doing it altogether. You'll you'll hear what I mean after we get through local news, updating the weather forecast. It's wake up time.
0: Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on air, online, and on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Be part of the show at 888-97-Woods. This is K2 Radio.
1: 7.36 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. A lot of changes coming in the weather. 7.45. Don is going to be on the phone with me. We're going to talk about those weather changes. All right. So if you just joined me, so... I went through a long list of predictions from the past up until today of how we're supposed to have run out of food. It was predicted many times over that we were gonna run out of food. Even if it was supposed to happen back in the seventies, back in the eighties, we're supposed to run out of food by two thousand, we're supposed to be out of food by like now, but now it's kicked down to twenty fifty. Like all these predictions, yet yeah, we're producing more food than ever before. The only people who are having trouble getting food are those people who live in dictatorship, socialist countries. But, you know, when we have free market capitalist countries, obesity is the problem, not starvation. So we're producing, according to the story I was reading, we're producing more food than ever before. We have more than enough, more, far more than enough for every person on the planet and their pets. Now, this I thought was really good. Tony's in Cheyenne. Morning, Tony. The problem with the food is one of these days is going to be the fact that Bill Gates continues to buy farmland and the possibilities of foreign countries like China having control over Tyson and other food companies that own or work in the heartland of America That's where your food shortages will come from. It's all of these evil people buying the plant. I do agree in, in this part. I do agree that if we end up with a food shortage here in America or many other countries, it's manufactured. It's not because we couldn't produce it. We could easily. Look what the free market does. We Americans are used to, first off, we walk into a grocery store and there's an overabundance of food there. Then anytime we want, we swing into a fast food joint and there's just food. It's just there. And there's many other places around the world that have never seen that, probably will never see that. But then again, they don't work in the same kind of free market economy that we've created here. It's your countries that do have the freest of free markets that have an overabundance of everything not just food but energy look what happens to our energy here in america it's happening in europe too but let's look at our energy supply and the cost of energy when government gets involved when you have a free market we have more electricity more gas natural gas even whatever kind of energy we need we have it just in abundance an overabundance of it and cheap too and that's what a free market does But as soon as we get government involved in trying to run it top-down, run it, we end up with what then? Again, look what happened to Venezuela. Venezuela goes socialist. And then the government, they call it nationalizing. It's stealing. But the government took over all of the private businesses, energy businesses. Well, and also all of the food production and so on. People in Venezuela right away in trouble. There goes energy. There goes food production. People wind up in deep trouble pretty much overnight because well, here comes government involvement in what was a free market and it put the brakes on it almost immediately. You you saw what kind of trouble Venezuela wound up in. Very typical of any place that decides to do top down government run something rather than a free market system. The only thing government should be involved in when it comes to the market is to make sure that it's done honest, that you're not being ripped off. And if somebody is incompetent and their incompetency hurts you financially, physically, whatever the case is, then they'll pay for it. The company will pay for it. So that's what government is supposed to do. Just oversee the game to make sure it's done honestly, responsibly. Nobody's polluting. And by polluting, I don't mean CO2. CO2 is not a pollutant. So if we have that, if we have government just as an oversight to make sure the game is run fair and clean, okay, honest, then the marketplace will take care of creating an overabundance. Happens every time it's tried because people are out there trying the best they can to make as much money as they can, which is not a bad thing. There's the next thing, don't demonize profit. Profit is not an evil word. As long as the profit was earned honestly, then congratulations for getting rich on it. Profit is not an evil word in that case. And it creates an abundance of not just resources for all of us, but jobs as well, security. People do well, very well, because of all of the jobs that are created. If a company gets big, in order to do so, they had to hire a lot of employees, which is good for everybody. So you see how the market system works, as opposed to, again, your socialist systems, which I, I just to this day don't know why anybody still favors a socialist system, considering its track record. But okay, 7.42 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Don Days.
0: Wake up, Wyoming. Glenn Woods is live on AM 1030 K2 Radio and the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. is the time. It's Wake Up,
1: Wyoming. Off We go to talk to Don Day, day weather. Okay, I was arriving at work this morning, Don. First off, a little bit of frost on the car, and I look outside right now, and something's brewing. I'm waiting for the sound of the witch cackling.
8: Yes, well, it's that time of year, isn't it? It is,
1: yeah. Witches and all that kind of stuff. No, it's just getting – it's starting to stir up out there, where I am right now anyway. Between just you know, clouds and wind and cool weather and breezes coming in. So here it comes, right?
8: Yeah, it's starting to we're gonna to start to see a few things happen today and then tomorrow, but it's gonna be again those those northern parts of the state that are gonna feel the impacts the most. At least over the next twenty four to thirty six hours. We're gonna see some showers spread across the northern counties of the state as the day wears on, and then late tonight, tomorrow, tomorrow night into Thursday morning. Moderate to heavy snow will hit Wyoming's western and northwest counties up along the Montana-Wyoming border. All of Montana North Dakota going to see significant snow. Now, as that system passes to our north, Glenn, it will be kind of what you're observing. We'll get some clouds. We'll get some wind. Temperatures are going to kind of fluctuate a bit today and tomorrow. But it really won't be until Thursday before that colder air comes in across the central and the south, along with a few rain or snow showers. Then it's the weekend. That's the turn for the central and the southern counties of the state to get into the act with the next system coming through.
1: Okay. So at this point, as we get into, well, the next few days anyway, I would say reach for that coat and just be ready to take it on and off and on and off at first. And then just at keep first. it on.
8: Yeah, Then handy. keep it handy. Yeah, this cold handy. is, is going to be very impressive. It's going to uh, probably make some news because it's going to spread over most of the nation uh this weekend and into early next week it's really not going to spare just about it'll get about everybody um and it's going to stay so it's going to get cold it's going to stay cold through all the next week
1: wow okay that because that was going to be my next question and how long does that stay with us until or does it ever rebound? we just to kind of stay at that low level now for the next few months
8: well you always you always rebound some, yeah. but you just don't rebound back to where to where you were, and okay. you always kind of have this gradual decrease in how good the rebounds are, but it certainly is looking like. The last days of October, that first seven days in November, more often than not, will be colder than average compared mm-hmm. to the warmer than average that it's been.
1: Well, so for anyone who was thinking, "Gee, I haven't blown out my sprinklers yet," you better get to it.
8: You better get to it because it is going to be cold enough. As we s- s- talked yesterday, getting down into the low to teens—that's that's, that's going to happen no matter what. Okay. You get a little snow on the ground, you clear out skies at night. You're going to see some single digits in a few spots. Uh-huh. So that's cold enough. Uh, depending on how far down your sprinklers are buried you know mm-hmm. you're you're going to want to take care of things you got today and tomorrow after that you've been warned
1: okay, thank you Don yeah, you've been warned Don day with day weather I well just tossing it out there. You have been warned kind of, of sound. off we go to talk to Frank Gambino who's over there in the ice box, so Frank, I just came across a book now this is an old book here, this is a a book for teachers, okay? Okay. And, and it goes back quite a few years. <clears throat> the prevention and correction of left-handedness in children.
5: Oh, I know. They, 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 those teachers, they couldn't take it. Yeah, they just didn't understand it because the lefties mm-hmm. were probably one out of fifty. Yeah. In terms of students at school, I mean, in the classes I had, I probably
1: won. Yeah. In the class, maybe one. That's just, you just ain't right, boy. So they got to teach them how to use it the other way. Now, in sports, how many lefties out there? Plenty. Oh, plenty. Okay.
5: Plenty. Matter of fact, they have, have, if you're a left-handed pitcher, that's a commodity.
1: Yeah. Because you can really just screw up the other people by throwing the other side. Yeah.
5: Oh, yeah. So that's a commodity.
1: I do, and I don't remember where I was. It's been a year or so since I've seen this. But they, at some baseball game was on television, and they were talking about not only left handed and right handed pitchers, but those people who are ambidextrous, and not mm-hmm. just yeah. at throwing, but at batting. So if you get up to the plate and the pitcher is a lefty, switch sides. a
5: switch sides, yeah. When you, when you mention that about teachers trying to, you know, correct that, it only, proves my point when i knew when i was in school that teachers were idiots
1: uh yeah well, <laughs> well and and they were taught that way the whole that's just not normal that they have to get into you know so i wonder if it was taught that way in the classroom when they went out to play sports at school did the coach try to do the same i thing? should
5: hope not yeah but then again you never know back in the 70s yeah they the education thing. It was a way, whole different.
1: Way, was not even just uh, even before the 70s? Because, I mean, with, with the American public school system, that goes way back where left-handed would. now really? there Oh, yeah, it goes way back. But now, though, and this has been around for quite a while, there is a store online, but it's also a physical store. They have several of them around the country that has things for left-handed people. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, what special things do they need? Yeah, uh, I you'd have to go to the store to see because I'm kind of ignorant. On but but, all I, but things, I'm but...
5: right handed. Would they let me into the store if I'm right handed? Uh,
1: I yeah. But I think they would follow you around, Frank. Just <laughs> tell them you're buying a Christmas present for somebody.
5: Right. Exactly. College football: The Wyoming Cowboys back in action on Saturday at Boise State. The Pokes are five and two overall, two and one in Mountain West play. Boise State is three and four overall, two and one in league play. What's happened to those guys? Now the Pokes would love to get running back Harrison Whaley back into the lineup for this game. He got hurt in the Fresno State game, missed the Air Force game. But when he's been in there, he has been super productive. 135 yards rushing in four, averaging 135 yards rushing in four games. And the Cowboys as a team have not turned the ball over in the last three games. That's pretty good. That is a 3.30 kickoff on Saturday from Boise. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio in Casper and KOWB in Laramie. And the Cowboys on the road, believe it or not, or six point favorites in the game. In the NFL, Kareem Jackson, the Denver Bronco defensive back, he was suspended for four games for yet another illegal hit, this time on Green Bay tight end Luke Musgrave in their win over the Packers on Saturday, Sunday, 19 to 17. So he was ejected for that play. It was literally a helmet-to-helmet contact. That is the second time he has been ejected this year. He's been fined four times for stupid stuff. So all told with the suspension, he'll lose $558,889 in salary for the suspension. And his fines cost him close to 90000 What a guy. The Broncos are two and five, and they will host Kansas City on Sunday. In high school football, the four A playoffs will be the playoffs in all four or five classes. Will start on Friday. In four A, number one Sheridan, the top seed, will take on eighth seed of Kelly Walsh. Second seed of Cheyenne will host number seven Rock Springs. Number three Natrona will take on sixth seed at Cheyenne Central. Fourth rated Campbell County uh, will take on fifth rated Thunder Basin. In one A nine man uh, Pine Bluffs, the number three seed will be at Big Piney and the first round of the nine-man playoffs, and in 6 man, KC will be at home on Friday at 2 p.m. to take on Dubois in the first round of the playoffs. Major League Baseball, the American League Championship Series, Texas beat Houston 11-4. to The cheaters go down. So the road team won all 7 games in the American League Championship Series and the Rangers make it to the World Series for the first time in 12 years. Remember 2 years ago they lost 102 games, 2 years ago. And Arizona beat Philadelphia 5 to 3 in the National League Championship Series, so that is even a three games apiece with game 7 tonight. Just a couple of years ago, Arizona had lost over 100 games. So yes, you can turn things around. Attention Colorado Rockies. Yeah. Attention. Do yeah. you see this? <laughs> Turn Do around. you
3: see this? Okay. It happens.
1: So, left-handed items from the left-handed store. Uh, oh, by the way, DJ and Gillette, the left-handed correction happened to me. Damn their eyes. Uh, left-handed tape measure, so when you pull it out, the numbers are on the other side. Uh-huh, okay. A left-handed notebook, so if you're taking notes... The, 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 the ring is on the other side you, yeah you don't have to reach around like you see lefties do in order to to do that here uh what about a measuring cup that has the numbers on your side as a lefty instead of on the other side for right-handed people see you don't think about these no things, not at all but yeah boy they got one thing after the next year top 20 gifts kitchen items kids in school uh office supplies Scissors! I bet you don't think of that when you pick up a pair of scissors. They're made for right handed people. Right handed. Because, left-handed it, because scissors. the thumb goes in the top part. Exactly right. Hmm. Thank you, Frank. Hey. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Six of time. It's wake up, Wyoming. My name's Linwood. Thanks for joining me. Real quick, I got to get this one out of the way. So, from down in Lovell, Colorado, while Sharon in. Are you in Lovell, Colorado? Well, okay. Uh, we were talking about left handed, right handed. There was a time that left handedness was seen as a bad thing and they tried to train it out of kids in school. That goes way back. Well, according to Sharon children need left-handed scissors when cutting with regular scissors you can't see the line when cutting with the left hand i discovered this when my daughter butchered a yellow triangle because she couldn't see the lines while cutting with her left i bought quite a few things from that website and the website is there's a couple of left-handed stores out there and they have a website to go with the store so yeah for left-handed people Yeah, there's uh, stores out there that will help you with your lefty problems because it's a predominantly right-handed world. I'm surprised that some activist group hasn't gone out there because we're supposed to be hypersensitive about everything. So some activist group isn't berating the rest of us for being right privileged. I wonder if that's, I'll see if I can look that up. Is there some activist group out there? You're right-handed. You're privileged the world revolves around you doesn't it probably okay open phones the most dangerous time of this radio program every day
3: warning
2: wake up wyoming is about to enter daily open phones this means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything i mean imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted scary right Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. (coughs) Dave, (coughs) all right, strap in and let's do this thing.
1: Triple Eight Ninety Seven Woods is the phone number? 888-97-WOODS is where you can talk about what I'm talking about or change the subject. That'd be just fine by me. Okay, so... I subscribe, I follow online to a YouTube page called Climate Nexus, which they do have like 9 million people following them, despite the fact that they are debunkers of the cult of climate change. So it's very difficult for their website to get attention, but they're managing, or their YouTube page, but they're managing to do it. And they have a a website along with, if you want to get the recent mailer, stuff like that to get around the internet. So I'm going to play for you just a bit of what I was watching yesterday from Climate Nexus. And I edited down for time. You can watch the entire video, but it's a 15 minute video. So what they're talking about is a guy who's a climate scientist who finally stepped away from the university process and the peer reviewed journals and so on because he said it's fraudulent. And you'll hear why in just a moment here, but he wrote an article after he quit and went to work for the private sector. And if you think, well, that's because it's the money. No, he's making less money in the private sector. But he had to just because he couldn't live with himself anymore. So here's part of what I was watching yesterday.
4: I mean, the confessional essay by Patrick T. Brown, PhD, in the free press, entitled, quote, I left out the full truth to get my climate change paper published, end quote. And it's a bombshell that's attracting wide media interest because A, he is a climate scientist, and B, he is not a denier, and C, the paper in question was in Nature, a proudly peer-reviewed publication, and D, As a real scientist, dedicated to following the scientific method as opposed to reaching predetermined results in support of a narrative, he can no longer remain silent. But he had to leave academia to speak out. Now, Brown has a PhD in earth and climate sciences from Duke University. He lectures at John Hopkins in their Energy Policy and Climate program and he's a co-director of the Climate and Energy Team at the Breakthrough Institute. The paper I just published, Climate Warming Increases Extreme Daily Wildfire Growth Risk in California, focuses exclusively on how climate change has affected extreme wildfire behavior. I knew not to try to quantify key aspects other than climate change in my research because it would dilute the story that prestigious journals like Nature and its rival Science want to tell end quote it is critically important for scientists to be published in high-profile journals in many ways they are the gatekeepers for career success in academia and the editors of these journals have made it abundantly clear both by what they publish and what they reject that they want climate papers that support certain pre-approved narratives even when those narratives come at the expense of broader knowledge for society end quote as to why i followed the formula despite my criticisms the answer is simple I wanted the research to be published in the highest profile venue possible, end quote. The first thing the astute climate researcher knows is that his or her work should support the mainstream narrative, namely that the effects of climate change are both pervasive and catastrophic and that the primary way to deal with them is not by employing practical adaptation measures like stronger, more resilient infrastructure, better zoning and building codes, more air conditioning, or in the case of wildfires, Better forest management or undergrounding power lines, but few policies like the Inflation Reduction Act, aimed at reducing greenhouse gas emissions. And of course, it extends to their habit of getting their like-minded buddies to do the supposedly immaculate silver bullet peer review that actually just props up this compromised system. When I had previously attempted to deviate from the formula, my papers were rejected out of hand by the editors of distinguished journals, and I had to settle for less prestigious outlets. I sacrificed contributing the most valuable knowledge for society in order for the research to be compatible with the confirmation bias of the editors and reviewers of the journals I was targeting in.
1: So he just couldn't live with himself anymore. Think about what he's saying there. He just couldn't live with himself anymore. This is a guy who is, uh, again, top of his game as far as the cult of climate change goes, but he in order to get published, those prestigious journals, he has to, in order to keep, to make it as in that profession as a climate scientist, he has to get published in certain Prestigious journals. That's part of what they do to make sure they continue to get funding, so they can can continue to work. If he wants a job at a university, for example, or in government somewhere, he has to show his credentials, and those credentials are: well, I have been published in the following journals. Here's who published me, and the more prestigious the journal is. Well, the better his resume looks, and and so he'll get the best jobs, the best gigs. And they've got to keep publishing. They can't just do it once or twice. They've got to keep getting published. So they'll say whatever they have to say. So when he writes, he does a study which finds the truth in the study, and the truth of the study contradicts the mainstream narrative out there. So – he wants to get that published. I, I don't care what the mainstream narrative is. Here's what I found when I actually did science. Well, that's not acceptable. Therefore, because he's not saying the exact right things, his it's just rejected out of hand. So he dials it back and gives them what they want in order to get published, to help his career. I got to give this guy a lot of credit for stepping up and saying, I just can't do that anymore. I can't. It's not honest. So, yeah, he goes and grabs a job for less money in the private sector, but then goes ahead and writes this paper, which, by the way, what I just played for you, would never be published in any of those big, prestigious journals. They wouldn't do it. Of course not. So he has to go where he can. Climate Nexus is one of them. And, of course, the... The obsolete press is never going to publish any of what he just said. They won't, of course not. If anything, if they do go after him, uh, they will go after him. They won't publish what he says unless they want to attack the guy because they think he's doing damage to their cause. Now, he's not the only one to have done this. Over the years, quite a few, uh, though people who actually do believe in science they became scientists for really the pursuit of truth and science and so if they find something that goes against the narrative as you and I have been told it from news media and from politicians if they find something that goes against that narrative but that's what the science is telling them that's what their study leads them to the evidence leads them to those conclusions they'll publish it anyway then when they find out they can't they'll go ahead and move on to something else because they they just cannot live with themselves they need to be honest and i really do have a lot of respect for those folks i'm glad the information gets out there too there's a list of websites that i go to every single day that talks about things like this but those websites are outside of the view of again your mainstream obsolete irrelevant press they don't like reading those websites because it's providing information that, well, frankly, they don't ever
0: want to publish unless they're criticizing it. Eight sixteen is the time. Wake up Wyoming. If it matters in Wyoming, it matters to wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Call Glenn at 888-97-Woods and make your voice heard. AM 1030, K2 Radio.
1: Eight twenty one is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. All right, triple eight ninety seven. What's the phone number? Eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. So, states like Wyoming here, we're getting into carbon capture and sequestration, which I, you know, governor wanted to come on to the program and talk to me about it, which I did. Is something he and I disagree on? I Think it's a massive waste in time and money. We'll get a load of this. Navigator CO two. ...cancels carbon capture pipeline project in Midwest. Well, how dare they, as Greta would say how. So, according to Reuters, Navigator CO2 Ventures... ...canceled its Heartway Greenway Pipeline project... ...aimed at capturing 15 million metric tons of CO2 annually... ...from Midwest ethanol plants and storing it permanently underground... ...the company said on Friday citing unpredictable state regulatory processes. Okay, well, think about what that said and said. Unpredictable state regulatory processes. This is where something getting done by committee can't get done. If you wanna get something done, don't do it by committee. Have a decision maker. Because with a regulatory process with committees, multiple committees, they just keep changing the rules. And so here's a company that would like to do this, but they just keep changing the rules. Finally, the company throws up its hands and says, I oh, never mind. Story says, a cancellation of one of the biggest projects of its kind set back to the development of carbon capture storage projects in the U.S., which are a pillar of President Joe Biden's climate strategy. It also is a blow to the ethanol industry. Which is carbon capture is a key to cutting emissions from producing fuel. Now, I, uh, a lot of people would think, wow, ethanol produces a lot of CO2. I'll go back and say it again. CO2 is not a bad thing. It's not a pollutant. It doesn't need to be captured and stored. It's good for the planet. Plants love it. It's basically airborne fertilizer. But all right. It was uh, local farmers and environmentalists combined – an unusual alliance in this one. And a lot of that has to do with, not that the farmers believe what the cult of climate change is saying, but they are trying to appease so they can stay in business. Much like the state of Wyoming is trying to do. Well, if we capture CO2 and store it in the ground, you'll let us burn coal, right? No, they still want to shut down coal plants. But all right. The story says the people united to resist Navigator at every level in order to, uh, in every corner of the state, and we won, said Iowa organizer in the Sierra Club Environmental Group, which opposes carbon pipelines. Hold on. <clears throat> they oppose carbon, the Sierra Club. See, that part confuses me a little bit. You see, I would like to know a little bit about this. The Sierra Club, which wants CO2 out of the air, They are opposed to carbon capture pipelines. Well, the pipeline was supposed to take captured CO2 and send it to where it could be stored. Why would you be? Did they just hate pipelines? Okay, well, the large carbon capture pipeline project from Summit Carbon Solutions continues, although facing strong opposition. Summit said in a statement it was well positioned to add additional plants And communities to our project footprint. Summit recently said the pipeline uh, that they're working on will probably start operating in 2026. See, that doesn't work starting it in 2026. No, no, no. We reach a tipping point long before then, don't we? Yeah. All of these projects, all of these things we're supposed to do, and we're never going to get them done in time, according to the alarmists out there. I'm still having a problem wrapping my head around the idea that, well, the Sierra Club doesn't want these pipelines. I I don't understand that. You, you would think they would be in favor of it because it's capturing CO2.
9: Well, I did as the government asked, and I looked at the science when it came to climate change, and this is what I found. According to government figures, Australia is producing 499 million metric tonnes of carbon dioxide per year. But what I also found is that one mature tree will absorb 48 pounds, or 21.77 kilograms, of carbon dioxide per year. And Australia currently has 24 billion standard-sized trees absorbing 453 million metric tons of carbon dioxide per year and that's just trees doesn't include any other plant life and particularly doesn't include mangroves and mangroves will absorb 50 times more carbon dioxide per year than a standard sized tree so why is the government hell-bent on cutting down trees in order to install solar farms when it seems quite obvious from the science that nature has already provided the solution to the problem. By
1: the way, I hadn't, I didn't know about this until yesterday. Bill Gates is now on this kick where he wants to take trees and bury them because here's the thing. See, a tree captures a lot of CO2, right? And and again, he's deathly afraid of CO2. He thinks it's a pollutant. But the problem is when a tree dies and begins to rot, all of that CO2 is re-released into the atmosphere again. Can't have that. That's horrible. So he wants to bury trees to sequester their carbon. So when a tree dies, bury it so it can't re-release that CO2 back into the air. Uh, trying to starve us. Here's Patrick Moore, the co-founder of of all groups, Greenpeace.
7: Projected CO2 level in the absence of human emissions, there it goes through that red line, everything dies. It could be a million years from now or two, but that's not very long in the situation of life's history. So life would have killed itself inadvertently by creating armor plating in the sea. And we inadvertently are it by finding fossil fuels and making cement. We didn't know that we were doing this positive role, but basically my paper, The Positive Influence of Human CO2 Emissions on the Survival of Life on Earth, is available on the internet, and it goes through the whole story, and we are life's savior, salvation, not its destroyer, because it would have gone down if we had not intervened, if we had not stopped the continuous sedimentation of Carb- calcium carbonate on the ocean floor.
1: Rianne from Fort Danger regarding Sierra Club. Uh, they must not have read the carbon capture part, they saw pipeline. Yeah. Scott and Casper, sometimes carbon sequestration is a guise for CO two injection into enhanced oil recovery in the oil field nearby. Now that, Scott, I've I've talked about that before. That is something that I am in favor of. If they can use CO two to get more oil out of the ground, do it. It's a great idea. All right. Coming up on Eight thirty local news coming your way. Right after local news update on your weather forecast, and you and I get back into it again. It is open phones. 97 woods. Eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Wake up, Wyoming.
0: News and weather together at the top and bottom of every hour. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030
1: K2 Radio 8:36 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. I didn't want to see this. I We were talking about me during the course of that news and information break. It started with a conversation about Mary. She's not been feeling well, and she's using coffee to keep herself up. And when she gets home, she'll probably just crash. And I've told her that when I get to work, which is usually a little after 2 this morning, I got here a little bit before 2 in the morning, and I just go, 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 go the whole time. There's no breaks. There's not other than maybe during a news break, I might wander down the hallway and back just to stretch my legs. I don't take breaks. I just go. And I'll pull like a nine-hour day, which is not a complaint. And then I leave here, and all of a sudden I have an energy crash. And I said, that's better than a lot of people in this line of work who will do things like one of my favorite, all-time favorite talk show hosts, Don Imus. Who, in order to stay on top, was snorting his paycheck up his nose. Yeah, I just – because he wanted – to stay on top. He had to keep his energy going, right? And I was trying to remember some details of this, and I took a look. It was, oh, God, I just, I wish I hadn't done this. As I was looking for the name of Don Imus and the story, I come across this. British radio host suddenly dies on air during his show. Well, I would love to die while doing my job. I just, if you ever hear dead air from me, it might just be dead air. Just so you know, after reading this one. A British radio host died on air just one hour into his popular breakfast show on Monday. Tim Goo, who uh oh, G-O-U-G-H, who hosted the morning show, was presenting from his home, thirty five miles away from the radio station headquarters. Oh, you mean I could be doing this from home? Actually, yes, I could. But anyway, he suffered a heart attack, according to the station. Now, see, he was only 55 years old. He suddenly cut mid-song around 7.50 a.m., was talking, then was never heard from again. The radio station's manager said he had worked in radio since the 80s. Oh, God, so have I. See, I don't want to have to read this. You know uh, Tim personally uh, I did he said uh, very close for over 30 years, worked with a guy I liked them yeah. I know his family uh, well they're being comforted by all sorts of letters that came in from fans out there. They, generation X Radio Suffolk yeah, and this is over in the UK with the heaviest heart I have to inform you our dear friend and breakfast host passed away this morning while presenting his program. Our love to his family and son and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Oh my God! Okay. Well, no. I look at this and I think just so you know, I'm not. I'm not making any plans here. But I could just suddenly drop dead on you. This guy was younger than me when this happened, and it happened just last year, 2022. All right, off to the phones
3: we go. Hey Jude. Hey, good morning. I'm um, the Sierra Club in. Is- they were hijacked years ago. They're now just a liberal NGO. Yeah. And so is that Greenpeace. And there's another dangerous group. Yeah. They're called the Sunshine Group. Sure. They're run they're, by they're lawyers, dangerous. essentially.
1: All run by lawyers.
3: Oh, yeah. So is that C-R-E-W crew right. that always attacks Trump. They're, they're another NGO. You know, I think that would be the first order of business of straightening out the government is find out who are these liberal groups that pull their c 3 Oh, yeah. uh, from under because yeah. they aren't, uh, what do you call it, the non-profit?
1: Oh, right. They make a ton of money. And, and let's remember, Judy, and remind people how they make their money. In fact, I remember when By Cynthia Lummis was in the House of Representatives, she called me on the air and we talked about it. And if the government, our federal government set up something. Let's say you, Judy, wanted to sue the federal government but you didn't have the money to do yep. it. Well, the feds right. will provide you the money so you can sue the government. Lawyers, of course, will take advantage of this being the ambulance chasers that they are. They'll charge like 500 bucks an hour and drag the case out and they don't care whether they win the case or not. They just wanna run your case so they can get paid a lot of money. So they started, in some cases they took over environmental groups. Other times, they started environmental groups, so they have the excuse to continually sue the government and make these huge payouts.
3: Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. And then uh, Gates, Bill Gates, uh, with the the nuclear plants here, I've been doing a lot of research on that, and they're dangerous. These are experimental. That should be a big, big red flag for Wyoming. And to be in bed with Billy Bob Gates and Warren Buffett, I think uh, who's ever selling, selling Wyoming out, they need to go because they're they're just trying to kill our industry. I mean, look at Rocky Mountain Power deal. You know, I've never heard of such a large increase in, in electric rates. Usually it's 3 to 5%, but they're going for that 30%. And then I read your story this morning, the 5% on top of what the city, do they want us to leave? Yeah. Is that what they're telling us to to get the hell out of Wyoming?
1: Well, it also really doesn't surprise me when we take a look at the you know the, the power companies. Let's take a look at Europe, but California as well, and even I hate to say it, Texas. Any place where they're pushing this whole green, as they call it, green energy agenda, and you and I know it's not green energy, but as they oh, push yeah? it, well,
3: you know what. You know what would be interesting is finding out how many of our legislators and these guys that are pushing that are actual investors.
1: Right. Well, and then, of course, the prices go up, the reliability goes down.
3: Yeah. Well, that's what Agenda 21 is. So it's uh, uh, expensive energy that's not consistent and get rid of what's been tried and true for 200 years. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, Dave, Dave North and Dallas Laird, they were the only ones that showed up and spoke at these Rocky Mountain power deals. Uh, none of our other commissioners did. None of the city council did. You know, and I hear that Ray Pachanko wants to run for county commissioner. Well, hell no for that. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a progressive, and he's always been a progressive. He's a gnarly little boy. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs>
1: gnarly see, little boy. Okay, look, you said worse. Gnarly
3: little boy. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: But that's the point I wanted to make. They're taxing it's right off our property. Okay. I mean, on top of all of that, then you got the property tax. What the hell is wrong with these guys?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, there was, you know? <coughs> pardon me, that other story that I had put up there about a petition to go around to cut property taxes, which I don't think it'll actually work the way they're hoping it will. I want to see in this next legislative session What is offered up by members of our House and Senate to fix the property tax problem?
3: Well, I think Rose's idea, um, in fact, I was listening. Do you remember that song by Neil Diamond, Cracklin Rose? Yeah. You should play that when she calls it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, what I was going to tell you, though, is these guys, they're they're not paying attention to what's really going on. And this stuff has been going on. I brought Rosa Corey a year, like I said, in 2012, that told us what these guys were going to do. And they're doing exactly what we thought they were going to do. They're going to invade your property rights, make it controlled where you you know live in these HOAs when you're not. There's mm-hmm. all kinds of things. We need to really, really vet our guys this year and get rid of a lot of legislators. And I'd like to find out who's getting paid for all this wind and solar. All right.
1: Thank you, Jude. I have a, I've told you guys this before around election time, what I do to pick a candidate. I have one question. This is. I Look, I think this way in part, if you read my book, The Uncomplicated Life, you'll see. It's a much simpler way of trying to figure things out rather than going through every possible conspiracy theory. And so on. When it comes to candidates from the local level on up, I have one question. That's all I need. See how simple that is? You get this gig, we give you this job, what are you going to do? And if they have all sorts of grand plans to build things and improve things and spend taxpayer money and they have ideas for new laws and rules and so on, then I don't want them. If, on the other hand, they think government is the problem and we need less government, now that I'm voting for. 8.45, wake up.
0: When you need to know quicker than the morning paper or the 5 o'clock news, you need Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Mornings on K2 Radio.
1: 8.49 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming off. we go to talk to Frank Gambino. Frank, I guess you're on the road, huh?
5: Yes, I'm uh, in Midwest right now, and I'm on my way to Rapid City to film a banquet. I have no idea what this banquet is. I know it's not for me, okay? But you know, uh, I'll just I'll just go and film it. I'm I'm no weather guy, Glenn, but I can tell you something. Something's coming.
1: Oh, uh, absolutely, yeah. It's slowly working its way down. Yeah. So uh, when you get there, is it free food?
5: I should hope they feed me. Okay. You know, like I like that rubber chicken
1: circuit. So yeah, Frank will drive all the way to Rapid City for free food, just so you know. Speaking of which, here. Uh, There's always a catch, right, Frank? So, McDonald's says they're going to start a free French fry Friday. Sounds great, right? Really? Yeah, but. Really? It's not like you're just going to walk into McDonald's and they're just going to hand you fries. Doesn't work that way. Why not? See, you would think that if they're going to be free French fry Friday, that's what I would like. I just walk in. I put my hand out. They put some French fries. Hopefully not directly from the fryer. I want it in a box <laughs> so I don't burn myself. But <clears throat> here's the idea. They're trying to get more people to order off of their app. So you got to go onto the app and go through that whole deal. And then you can go ahead and get your free fries. Mm.
5: I'm, I'm going to take this up with Mayor McCheese.
1: I would think so, yeah. He's probably responsible for that. So, and I look at, I, it is interesting to me, there are more and more places. I see this from time to time when I go to a fast food joint myself. Usually I go to some place like Subway, right? <laughs> and as I'm sitting there, because I like to walk up and talk to the girl behind the counter and all that kind of stuff. And I often see people who will walk in, the food bag is already waiting for them. They just pick it up and walk out.
5: Because they went on their app.
1: Yes, and they ordered in advance. So mm-hmm. that's the way the world is going, Frank. I like talking to the person behind the counter personally. Eh? Yeah,
5: I do too. Hey, college football this weekend. The Wyoming Cowboys at 5-2 and two in, overall and 2-1 and one in Mountain West Conference play will take their act to Boise to meet the Bronx. And uh, Boise State is at 3-4 and four overall, 2-1 and one in Mountain West Conference play. Cowboys are six-point favorites in the game at, at Boise. Figure that one out. And the folks would love to get Harrison Whaley back in the lineup. The running back in the four games he has played in so far this season has been averaging 135 yards a game. He got hurt in the Fresno game and missed the Air Force game. But he's maybe ready to go. And the Cowboys overall as a team have not turned the ball over in the last three games. That is a 3.30 star from Boise on Saturday afternoon. We'll have that for you on KT Radio in Casper and KOWB in Laramie. To the National Football League, Denver Broncos defensive back Kareem Jackson was suspended for four games for an illegal helmet-to-helmet hit on Green Bay's Luke Musgrave and the Broncos' 19-17 to win over the Packers on Sunday, That and he was ejected for that move. His second ejection this year, he's been five, fined four times for stupid stuff, stupid illegal hits, so the fines cost him just about $90,000. The four-game suspension will cost him about $558,000. Figure it out, dude, really. The Broncos are 2-5, and five, and they will host the Kansas City Chiefs coming up on Sunday. High school football playoffs begin on Friday. In 4A, Sheridan is the number one seed. They will host eighth seed to Kelly Walsh at 6 p.m. Cheyenne East is the second seed. They'll host seventh seed to Rock Springs, also at sixth. The Trona is the third seed. They'll host number six Cheyenne Central, also at 6. And number 4, Campbell County will host number 5, Thunder Base, and also a 6 o'clock start. In nine-man football, Pine Bluffs is the number 3C from the east. They'll be at Big Piney on Friday at 1 p.m. And in six-man football, KC is the 2C from the north, and they will host Dubois at 2 p.m. coming up on Friday. And in Major League Baseball, the Texas Rangers are going to the World Series for the first time in 12 years. They beat the Houston Astros 11-4. In the Game 7 of the American League Championship Series, the road team won all seven games of that series. The Rangers went ninety and seventy-two this last season, but two years ago they lost one hundred and two games. Philadelphia lost to Arizona five to one in the national championship series, so that's even the three games apiece. And Game Seven will be tonight. That's it
1: in sports. So this players get and find all this money for being stupid. I'll tell you where I'm smarter than him. I get paid for being stupid. Have you heard this program? Yeah,
5: I I have. Yeah, Yeah. and um, you know, but but you know what? You don't hit hit your listeners with your head.
1: No, it's true. On their head. No. No. But at least I get paid for stupidity. That It was hard to get here, Frank, but, you know.
5: You
3: know what?
1: It it makes two of us. Okay. Thank you, Frank. Drive safe out there. That weather is turning on you. You Coming up on some local business that we got to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National, local, update on your weather forecast. Oh, uh, there's all sorts of companies out there that try getting into this whole ESG thing, environmental, social governance. They're taking a major hit. It's not going well. We'll talk about that and other things in the 9 o'clock hours. Wake up, my own. six of the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. A lot of different topics covered today. Now, there's one that I teased just before we got into that news and information break, but I'm, I'm going to put that aside. I'll get to it. But I, there's one I needed to get to. There are some education scores for Wyoming that are starting to come out now and will be looked at as far as how well, how well Wyoming schools are doing. And I glanced at them Dorn, while you were listening to the news information, I was just glancing at him. I don't have time really to get in-depth into it. But in what I saw, in some areas doing better, in some areas not as good, but okay. All of that will be assessed. Let's never go down this road. Headline, Blue State Suspends Basic Skills Graduation Requirement Citing Harm to Students of Color. What? absolutely the wrong way to do this. All right. We can't flunk you because it might cause harm. No, no. Set a high standard and convince them that they can achieve it and help them to do that, and they will. All right, here's the story. High schoolers in Oregon would well, then surprise me, Oregon. You know, there's certain states you would say it's whatever state. Now, if I had said California or Massachusetts, no surprise High schoolers in Oregon won't need, will not need, to demonstrate basic competency in reading, writing, or math in order to graduate for at least five more years because, according to education officials, such requirements are unnecessary and disproportionately harm students of color. How are these... these young people are supposed to function in society if they don't have these skills? And if they're not doing well in these basic subjects, can we then blame the schools and the teachers? Because isn't it their job to get this information into the heads of these kids so they can get out into the real world and get a real job? All right. Quote At some point, our diploma is going to end up looking a lot more like a participation prize than an actual certificate that shows someone actually is preparing to go pursue their best future, according to a former Oregon gubernatorial candidate. The essential skill requirement has been on pause since the coronavirus pandemic. And last week, the Oregon State Board of Education voted unanimously to continue suspending the graduation requirement through 2028. Under the requirement, the story says, 11th graders had to demonstrate competence in essential subjects through standardized test work samples. Students who failed to meet expectations were required to take extra math and writing classes in their senior year, thus missing an elective class in order to graduate. So board members, in their infinite wisdom, Said the standards were unnecessary and harmed and marginalized students since uh, higher rates of students of color, students of disabilities, students of learning English as a second language. Ended up having to take extra steps to prove to what I so are you saying are they saying don't look at me. I'm not saying this. Are they saying that only white kids are smart enough to make it and the rest aren't? Is that what they're saying? Because as far as I'm concerned, any kid could make it if they're motivated properly and taught properly. I think what they're saying here is pretty insulting. But all right, reading on. Hundreds of people submitted public comments opposing the move and urging the board to reinstate the standards. Many of the comments were generated from a call to action from an advocacy group called New Direction Oregon. The board chair previously described the opposition as a campaign of misinformation. And I like this, artistic quality mental acrobatics. If only they weren't automatically discredited by myopic analysis and bigotry that follows them. Late September meeting, adding that rhetoric about natural and social norms being underlying reasons for underperformance on assessments marginalizes students. Blue eyes is in Douglas. That's why my niece moved out of that state of Oregon because of the school system. They couldn't take it any longer. What idiots those people in that state are. Yeah, I do know people who think, oh, Oregon, what a wonderful state and such wonderful, smart people. You know, it was really the hippies that made Oregon and it, yeah, and it shows. Milo and Fort Danger sounds racist to not teach people of color properly. That's what it sounds like to me. The assumption that, well, you're someone, you're a minority of uh, a person of color, as they say. Therefore, you can't possibly graduate with scores that are as high as the white people do. That's what they're saying, which to me is a racist statement because any child can. When properly motivated and properly taught, they can achieve great things. All right, here's a quote. It is not bigoted, it is not racist to want your student to be able to actually learn, said one resident and also someone who's a former gubernatorial candidate with the Democrat party. That person, though, ran oh that the, I'm sorry, with the Republican party. The Republican, however, that candidate that ran for governor only got about 4% of the vote. So that's Oregon for you. All right. "Quote: Oregon is one of the lowest grad one of the lowest graduation rates compared to other states, according to Oregon Public Broadcasting. I'll read that again because that's important. Oregon has one of the lowest graduation rates compared to other states, according to Oregon Public Broadcasting, but also has among the most rigorous credit requirements. It says, I kind of doubt that." Here's a quote. I think there's an assumption here that teachers are just graduating students who don't have the necessary competence, and I don't know what the justification for that is, said the state senator uh, to the Oregon Capitol Chronicle. Also been on the Board of Education and so on. Okay. uh, What do you do except I'm with blue eyes? Just move out. If you can't change the system, just move out of there. All right. They are moving forward with an agenda that says if you cheat, you can't be flunked. Or if you're lazy, you can't be flunked for that matter. If you don't show up, you don't get a zero. If you're not going to have – if you don't hand in homework, they're going to give you a good grade anyway. Because somehow they view homework as being something that's not equitable. Yeah, uh, we're trying to push toward equality here. Therefore, uh, we understand if you didn't do your homework and didn't study. So, okay, quote, she needs to make the board more uh, responsive to the concerns of families and students. Here's all sorts of people angry commenting on things like this. Uh, I look at this and think, okay, Oregon, if you really care about your kids and i I would bet that you do i mean what parent doesn't really care about their kids let's start at the school board level we'll start there with the state get rid of them get new people in there then let's work your way down to the local school district start getting rid of them start getting people in there who will actually teach your kids and, yes, set a high standard for the kids. Set a really high standard for the kids, but also let the kids know, you can do this. And we're going to help you do this, and you're actually going to achieve it. And that works when it's tried. Nine fifteen, wake up Wyoming. When
0: you need to get a move quicker than a soggy morning sports paper, you need Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio.
1: 21 is the time it's Wake Up, Wyoming, based on the last story that I was just reading. Chet and I, Chets and Yoder, are getting into a little conversation here about the dumbing down of America. And he says they dumb down teachers in college. The teachers teach how uh, and what they are taught. And there it is. Yeah. Yeah. I have really not been surprised at all. When I hear someone trying to explain, for example, how the economy works, how money works. I've told you this story before about people who are in high school, but also college. And they don't even know what money is or how it works. I mean, literally, they don't know what money is or how it works or how the economy works. And it's such a basic thing. Well, the reason they don't know is that the college professors don't know. And they taught the high school teachers, and so the kids don't know. and It just kind of trickles on down there, doesn't it? Which is one of the reasons. I know some people get really upset at this, but I think it's the way to go in America. Since the public school system is such a rotten failure at this point. I mean, There are some good schools out there in the public system, and there are some good teachers. But it's getting worse all the time. So for those people who want to go to private schools or charter schools or homeschool however you want to do this I get it that's why I'm for a school voucher program I completely get it and there are those complaining? well you're trying to shut down the public school so if it needs to be shut down then okay if the public school system can rescue itself great but there should not be a monopoly on education You should be able to send your kid wherever you think is best for your kid. And if your school system has gone stupid and bonkers, then by all means, you should be able to just pack your kids up and send them to wherever you want, and the money should follow them. That's why I like the idea of a voucher system. Parents have the best intentions for their kids, and not everybody's going to agree. There are some people who are going to say, look, I'm going to give my kid a really religious uh, schooling there's a Christian school up the road, and that's where I'm going to send my kid. If that's what you want, go. And there are those who will homeschool, of course. Charter schools, there's several in Wyoming popping up. And they have more of a classical education to them. And they're really focused on the whole student and making sure the kids graduate, as not just with knowledge, but also knowing how to learn. If they want to learn something, they know how to learn, how to teach themselves, how to improve themselves. And these are motivated kids. There's some good schools out there. Again, private and charter and homeschool, even homeschool groups out there. So please go, go, go do it. That's why I like the voucher system. I'm always kind of surprised when I come across somebody who wants to just focus on the status quo well, you got to send the kids to those government schools. You just want to shut down government schools again. I'm for a free market system. If the government schools are failing, and people become disinterested, then let them close down. So, where my sister lives, Lake Wales, Florida, the public school system is almost non-existent. It's the charter schools that have taken over. And some of the charter schools have taken over the public school building to the point that they both exist in the same school building. But the public school takes up a small corner of the school building. The charter school has the rest of the building. They're renting it, basically. The charter school is. And the kids are doing so much better. And parents understand this. And more and more parents keep sending their kids to the charter school. And if it eventually just cancels out the entire public school system in that school district, so be it. If the public school system wants to rescue itself, well then they they need to up those standards and make sure that those kids graduate top-notch learning ability. All right, I had put this aside. AAA, 97 Woods, by the way, 888 97 O O D S. So for those people interested in environmental social governance, ESG, this is where those people who can't get things done by passing legislation are trying to do it through public pressure. The story says environmental social governance ESG funds lost billions of dollars, third quarter, as investors just got disinterested in it. Investment focuses on sustainability goals, you know, the environment, social justice, stuff like that. They've lost billions of dollars in the third quarter of 2023. Some have been closing faster than they've been opening during that same period. U.S. funds uh, experience withdrawals overall from ESG-funded businesses because they don't do well. Think about it this way. When you go to invest your money, what's the the purpose of investing your money? Of course, is to make sure your money's working for you. You invest to make sure your money's making money. Well, if you're investing in a company that's doing all of the right things for climate change and social justice and so on. But the company's not making a profit. What's going to happen to what you just put into it? Oh sure you can feel good about but you just lost money. And that's what you're supposed to be retiring on or supposed to take care of you during an emergency. ESG funds lost about 85% of their value the story says. ESG funds launched about well It's a three ESG funds launched, 13 closed during a one month period. Okay. Uh, It took me a second. My brain wasn't processed. Let me do it again. Three ESG companies launched in a month. At that same time, 13 other companies closed down. Quote, for the first time in recent history, sustainable fund departures outpaced arrivals, companies closing outpace those opening for all of you who are worried about what an esg takeover of the economy well the problem is these companies aren't doing well and investors know it so they're pulling out which means they fall apart even faster esg funds boomed in 2021 but american investors no longer find them appealing due to increased regulatory scrutiny for one thing loss of money Republican politicians have also accused the funds which claims to support ethical practices such as re- re- reducing greenhouse gas emissions, workplace diversity, all that kind of stuff. They've just decided uh, – I'm sorry, Well, uh, and I like the fact that uh, a lot of Republicans, radio shows like this have warned you folks about it. But folks have begun to take heed and watch as their investments have become less valuable – so it doesn't make sense to put the money into it. Investing giant BlackRock shut down two smaller funds with several million in assets during a three-month period. They closed BlackRock U.S. financial fund, BlackRock International Impact, and, and one other. Uh, they said in June at the Aspen Ideas Festival that they will not use the term ESG anymore because it's sort of, uh, well, it turns investors off. So for those who thought that ESG was going to be taking over the economy, right now it's losing. I mean, big time. Lots of money. Investors know it, so they're pulling out. All right, coming up on some local news, we have to take care about the local news update on your weather forecast. And you and I get back into it again with more open phones. 888-97-WOODS is the phone number. That's 888 woods It's Wake Up Wake Up Wyoming.
0: Can. It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM ten thirty K two Radio. Join the show at eight 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 ninety seven Woods.
1: Nine thirty-six the time, Wake Up Wyoming. So Mike Rowe, from Dirty Jobs and Other Such Programs, was on this show just uh was it Last week that I had him on and great to talk to him. I mean, really enjoy talking to him. One of my all time favorite broadcast heroes. Love what he's done. He's had a very good year. He's in town. Let's see. i just make sure I got this. Yep. October 26th. So that's going to be Thursday. He's going to be in Casper at the Wyoming Ford Center at 7 p.m. So you can still get tickets for that to see Mike Rowe. Thursday in Casper and It's past my bedtime, but I'm going to be there. Row 18, just so you know. They have me, like, way back there. All right. I got a chance to talk to him. I really enjoyed that. I just came across a story. Mike Rowe has had one heck of a year, and it isn't over yet. Rowe, best known for hosting Discovery Channel's long-running Dirty Jobs. That was a big hit show for them, too, by the way. is also involved in shows like The Story Behind the Story, The Way I Heard It, Somebody's Gotta Do It, How America Works, Six Degrees, a history show for people who don't love history. He also launched Noble Tennessee Whiskey Company. Well, he's known for giving away about $8 million in work ethics scholarships through his foundation, which is part of what we talked about here. So that had to do with really good work ethic jobs. I mean, blue-collar jobs, skilled jobs, right? And he says, oh, I should add that I'm writing jingles, he says, and points to the piano right beside him during this interview. Turns out that he writes them unsolicited for advertisers, like off-the-wall podcasts. He particularly is fond of the wonderfully inappropriate one that he wrote for Manscaped. Uh, Pretty darn hysterical, he says. Uh, the Manscaped Jingle just sold for $30,000. He raised 30000 for microworks. That's the foundation, which, again, works kids toward blue-collar, good-skilled jobs. So best way to describe Rose's life, according to this, is as in intentionally unintentional, intentional life. No, you heard that right. Filled with purpose, even though he says he sometimes fails to grasp the purpose of the moment, but he now has a purpose-driven life. Didn't start off that way. best way uh, to describe his impact has been on people that, well, he embraces the idea of American exceptionalism, capitalism. Hardworking people, in other words. <clears throat> I mean, really... One of the things I love about his programs on the air, and I was just watching an episode or two of Dirty Jobs yesterday, some of the repeat episodes. The idea that he admires people because of their strong work ethic. Race doesn't matter. Identity doesn't matter. Whatever. Politics doesn't matter. Religion doesn't matter. Does the person get up and go to work and give all their best efforts? for something that we need or desire in this country. Are they willing to do the dirtiest, stinkiest job to make a living? No excuses. That's who he holds up, as as we all should. I much more admire that than people who have a whole bunch of awards for things that really don't matter. Yeah, I'm much more impressed in watching the person who every single day goes up, gets out there, And works hard because this is what they do to put food on the table for the family. And what they do is a decent, honest, honorable job. Those are the people that actually impress me more than anything else. So Rose, four way into our living rooms. The story says, when his mother called him one day and said... Only what a mother can say to a son, a grown son, when they know there's more purpose for him than freelancing his way through life. Gee, wouldn't it be great, she said, if before your grandfather died, he turned on the TV and saw you doing something that looked like work. (laughs) I interviewed his mom on this program here. She's great. Within 24 hours, he was trying to fix a sewer in San Francisco covered in human feces and after a lot of hard selling, found a few people who were interested in the show so he came up with the idea for Dirty Jobs and sold it to him. one of the biggest hits for Discovery Channel it was a project Disney wasn't really married to sort of a one-off they had ordered like uh, three episodes and Roe had no expectations it was going to go any further than that but it went a lot farther than that and now you can see all of the great things he's doing, not just you know, for himself, but also for, I'd say, this country as well. I talked a lot a, a lot of times about, in fact, I even did earlier this hour about how here are Oregon schools just basically giving up on kids. Hey, if you don't show up for school, you don't graduate, you don't know anything, so what? You know, instead, here's someone who understands how great people can be when given the chance and the encouragement to be that great. So... He's. Co- I'm not doing a commercial for him. I'm just telling because I'm looking forward to meeting the guy in person, especially after having talked to his mom than him. So Mike Rowe is going to be at the Ford Wyoming Center. That's in Casper, Wyoming. You can look that up, Ford Wyoming Center, Thursday, October 26th at 7 p.m. And you can go ahead and get tickets for that, and I hope to see you there. They have me in the place that, of course, all big-shot celebrities like me need to be. I'm back in row 18 Somewhere in the middle or something like that. Uh, yeah, row 18, seat 15. At least that sounds like it's probably someplace sort of in the middle, I guess.
0: Let's wake up. Take Glenn anywhere with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on AM 1030 K2
1: Radio. 9.48 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the phone system because out there is Frank Gambino. How far would you make it, Frank? I'm on Highway
5: 50. I mean, I'm not maybe 15 miles from Gillette. Now, okay. It's overcast. Yeah. The clouds
0: are yeah. here.
1: Rolling on in. Okay. I know exactly where you are, and I understand because that's slowly working its way down. Tomorrow, the rest of the state will have that. Okay. So, you've seen, and I really do admire, there's people who like to put up displays of skeletons this time of year involved in all sorts of activities.
5: Oh, there's one in Casper where they're driving this antique car.
1: Oh yeah, I've seen, and I especially love it. There was one a guy bought one of those giant skeletons and had all the smaller skeletons attacking it. Yeah,
5: and then there's another guy I've seen. It's like he has a little carnival in his front yes. yard, and it's all people riding. It's all skeletons sure. on the
1: right. Yeah, okay. These things are fun. Now, Utah town has no problem with that, except for the guy. There's several people who decided to put up um, basically a pole dancing skeleton. Yeah. In Utah? Yes. There's a bunch of skeletons sitting around, and they're holding, like, fake money. And then there's the skeleton that's on the pole. So it's the town of Grantsville, Utah. Residents are not pleased. And it all started when one guy put up a skeleton pole dancer, and he says he immediately started receiving backlash from his neighbors. And he says, it's all just in fun, but this is Utah, you know.
5: Yeah, oh, yeah. He's receiving glowing praise from me because you're doing it in Utah.
1: (laughs) And this would be just as bad as if you went down, let's say you went to uh, North Carolina Mountains, some real southern Baptist town, and did the same thing, right? So the city posts a display on the Facebook page telling him he had 9 p.m. to remove it since it's against some sort of city code. I don't know what city code they have there. They don't have a code against skeletons. I guess maybe obscene displays or something like that. I don't know how they're doing
5: this. Uh, Maybe it's it's just an ordinance for pole dancing.
1: I I guess so, yeah. So, anyway, yeah.
5: Fake plastic
3: skeletons.
1: Yes, the guy's got to go ahead and take it down. He got a good laugh. Apparently his neighbors didn't, but okay, maybe next to the one I really like. There's a guy who bought a whole bunch of skeletons, and he has them climbing all over his house, on the roof, oh, that'd up be the cool. walls. Yeah, I mean everywhere on the roof, up the walls, everywhere. It's like his house is being invaded by skeletons, which is right out of some. I like the old horror movies when the skeletons were stop action photography. Yeah, so they didn't move normal. I see. Now that was fun.
5: I, I like those like and bad. In the National Football League, defend, uh, def, uh, Denver Bronco defensive back Kareem Jackson suspended for four games with an illegal hit on Green Bay tight end Luke Musgrave in their 19-17 to win over the Packers back on Sunday. That was a helmet-to-helmet deal, with, and there was no doubt about it. That's the second time Jackson has been ejected from the game this year for a nasty hit. He's been fined four times. So the fines uh, have totaled up to about 90000 bucks, give or take. And the jet and the four-game suspension will cost him five hundred and fifty-eight thousand eight hundred eighty-nine dollars. Hmm. And the the Kansas City Chiefs are next on the docket for the Broncos at home uh, on in Denver on Saturday afternoon. Wyoming Cowboy football team will be at Boise State on Saturday afternoon. The Cowboys are five and two overall, two and one in Mountain West Conference play. They had last week off. Boise State three and four overall, two and one in Mountain West Conference play. They had last week off. Cowboys will, are hoping to get Harrison Whaley back into the, the lineup as they, in their running back spot in the four games he has played in so far. He's averaged 135 yards per game. He missed the first two games of the season, got hurt in the Fresno State game, and missed the Air Force game. Cowboys, by the way, have not turned the ball over in the last three games. That's pretty good. That's a 3.30 start from Boise on Saturday afternoon. We'll have that for you on K2 Radio and Castro and KOWB and Laramie. The Cowboys are six-point favorites on the road in Boise. How about that? In 4A, high school football, as a matter of fact, the playoffs start in all the classes on Friday. Sheridan is the top seed in 4A. They'll host Kelly Walsh. Number two seed, they'll be Cheyenne East. They will host Rock Springs. The three seed is Natrona, hosting Cheyenne Central. And the four seed is Campbell County. They will host uh, the, uh, Thunder Basin. And Let all of those games start at 6 p.m. In nine-man football, Pine, uh, Big Pine, Pine Bluffs is the number three seed from the East. They'll be at Big Pine in the first round. And in six-man football, KC. is uh, the the 2C from the north, and they will host Dubois on Friday 2 p.m. in their quarterfinal round game. In Major League Baseball, Texas will make the World Series for the first time in 12 years. They defeated Houston 11-4 to yesterday in Game 7 of the American League Championship Series. The road team won all of the seven games in that series. And Texas, two years ago, lost 102 games. So maybe be Game 7 of the National League Championship Series as Arizona beat Philadelphia on the road 5-1. to So that's even at three games apiece. So another Game 7 in baseball. And those are absolutely classic games. And that's it in sports for right okay, now.
1: Okay, so it's going to be Texas versus who?
5: I'm, I'm going for Arizona.
1: Okay, Texas versus Arizona. Remember, folks.
5: That's what I if no, you're... Not. And that's not the, that That's not the two teams they picked to start with, I can tell you. That. I was but about they're... to say, it
1: didn't sound anything like. Remember, folks, if you're betting, don't pick Arizona because Frank just picked Arizona. <laughs> yeah, That'll work. Well, okay, we'll see who winds up there, Texas versus Arizona, and then I'll start putting the pressure on who's going to win it. But
9: exactly.
1: We're not, we're not there yet, though. Hang in there. Okay, Frank. Drive careful. Coming up on, he's got some weather he's going through. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care We're going to roll into News Time after that. National local update on the weather forecast to wake up Wyoming.